Welcome back to the Wizards of Ecom podcast. This is episode number 278. My name is Carlos Alvarez and I'll be your host for the show. On today's episode, we have one of my closest friends, serial entrepreneur and Amazon PL veteran, Tom Mays. What's up, Tom? Morning. How are you? Don't be so reserved now. I got you on the show. Um, Tom, you're you're uh, an expert financial advisor, and at, and at some point on this path, you began selling online. Uh, since it is your first time on the show, can you share how that started, like how you got into e-commerce for the first time? Uh, I think it was about three and a half years ago. Um, wife and I were, you know, wondering what else we could do with our time with four kids kind of um, leaving the nest. Mama Bear had a lot to uh, a lot of time on her hands, and we decided to get into into this space. We have no we had no idea what we were doing. I think our first horrible launch, probably my only failure, was apple cider vinegar tablets and pills. Um, horrible category to get into, but um, we ended up breaking even and getting out of that that space. Um, but one of my really good friends, um, his name is Andy, and uh, one time we're having lunch together, and and he says. Uh, um, hold on a second. I'm going to order something. I've got to order something for my store on Amazon. And I thought, what do you mean your store on Amazon? I, I didn't think you could sell on Amazon. I thought Amazon just sold on Amazon. He goes, no, no. He goes, there's this thing called FBA. And immediately I'm thinking, licking stamps, eBay in my garage. My kids are going to kill me and you know, wife's going to kill me and everything else. He goes, no, there's something called fulfilled by Amazon. So he gets his products from the manufacturer, uh, ships them into the FBA facility, they handle all the shipping and they handle all of the, the returns. And then when he told me what his monthly numbers were, I said, you got to be kidding me. And he said, no, 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 just, just don't tell my wife because I got a heck of a gambling uh, you know, habit. I love to bet on the horses and football. And I said, wow, this, that's pretty exciting. He goes, would you like to sell on Amazon with me? And I said, sure. So that was the genesis of how I got into Amazon. And we were basically wholesaling products in the medical um, I can say medical CPAP space. So we buy product that he would get at a wholesale price. We'd then turn around and sell it on Amazon and the profit that we made slowly accumulated. And we were able to start launching PL brands in that space. So that's kind of the genesis of how everything got started there. So you went from, so it's Andy's fault. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't know that. I, I thought the, so the apple cider vinegar did come first. It came before Andy. It did. Okay. So you discovered e-commerce before Andy, but um, would you, absent Andy reaching out, would you, by the way, if Andy listens to this, what's up? <laughs> um, but uh, absent Andy reaching out, do you think you would have circled back to e-commerce at another time or was the apple cider vinegar thing like, nah, I've had enough of that? No, I think at the same time, I was looking around for groups of people that sold on Amazon. So I went on to Google, right? And look for Amazon sellers in, in the area. And I found this group called the Wizards of Amazon. And I thought, nah, no way. What are they? these guys are probably meeting in some like, you know, community center, someone's garage or something like that. And these guys probably don't know what they're doing. And lo and behold, I, I run into Carlos and, you know, Gabe and all these other expert Amazon sellers. So that kind of all happened almost at the same time. Yeah. Well, worse than a community center or garage, we were meeting in Salsa Kings in a, in a dance studio that was closed down on a Saturday. I don't know if that was better or worse than than what you imagined, but I remember you attending almost immediately. Um, I probably could count on one hand and not need the whole hand of the amount of sessions you've missed since joining the community. That's, that's fair to say, right? 
Right. Uh, you yeah. Know, yeah. I mean, after 32 years in the finance industry, when I wake up in the morning, I'm probably more jacked up, juiced up about the e-commerce space than I am about the financial you know, services world because I've been doing it so long. So this is just more exciting and more fun. I think uh, since you're a close friend, I get to pick on you a little bit on the show. So I, I remember. <laughs> bring it, bring it, bring it on. <laughs> I remember I was like, this guy's going to be a regular because we had these really crappy white fold-up chairs that, again, the, it was more of just for dance studio events and someone to sit down between dancing. And you were you just mixed that almost immediately. You brought in this like really cool fold-up chair. You'd be coming in there with your own chair, like I'm here, I'm going to be here for a while. Uh, I'm not going to be sitting in these uncomfortable chairs. Uh, that, that was a fond memory of mine when you first you first joined. Well, let's let's make sure that we're clear on this. These weren't really chairs. I don't know what they were. <laughs> they were barely plastic, and they were barely they could barely hold their shape. So after you know, you have a beginner hour from one to two, which is what I would come to. So you have a beginner hour one to two, and then from two to three thirty. So that's two and a half hours of sitting on your keister in these awful, awful chairs. So I brought my, you know, the chairs that you take to like your your kids' sporting events and fold them out. They had a little side table to them, so it was perfect. Well, I I know the answer to this, and and I hate asking questions here that I already know the answer to, but. I feel like somebody listening to this who doesn't know you or I, which means they've never been to a trade show that I've been to in the last few years. We travel to like almost everything together. What are you doing this all by yourself while holding down a job? Do you have a team? Um, can you talk a little bit about that? So if somebody listens to the rest of the show, they at least have all of the facts. So I would say my, my team, you know, initially was just myself. And then my wife, Lisa has now become probably an expert when it comes to shipping, shipping. Probably nothing, for sure. Yeah, I mean, she is an expert now when it comes to all things logistical. Um, you know, I bounce stuff off her in terms of, you know, what do you think about packaging, design, et cetera. And initially it was just me, you know, kind of seeing if this is something I wanted to forge forward with. And then it was her and I to a certain extent. And then as this grew and evolved, I've slowly, you know, per your guidance and tutelage, you know, um, I think we have seven VAs now. Um, we have someone who's a product photographer for us, someone who creates, you know, the infographics for us. Um, we have a packaging designer for us. So I, I kind of have my go-to people whenever we want to launch a product or go a little bit deeper in terms of the brands. But having that infrastructure built has taken a little bit of time. But I think once you have those people and those um, kind of those team members set up, I think you can start to scale this. Um, you know, it's even gone further now into buying domain names and getting people to run SEO for that as well. So those are all new projects of mine that have kind of taken hold, you know, um, just as a result of evolving through this practice. But initially it was one VA, one, one general VA, which actually has turned out to be one of our best VAs. He, you know, works 24 seven, you know, he's great. So. Awesome. And. Let's get a little bit now into uh, sort of the scale of without getting into numbers, like uh, unless anything you want to share is fine, but you're, you're at six private label brands right now. And you, you, you said you've been doing this for how long? Like how, how long do you think you, since you started the oldest one of these brands, how long has it been? Maybe three and a half years, three years, three and a half years. So, so six brands in three and a half years. That's, lightning pace uh captain cavemanish for anybody that knows the inside joke there right 
Well, um, it's, all, it's all your fault too. I just want to <laughs> let everybody know that it's your fault. You know what? What um? What advice would you give somebody who wanted to start their own private label brand on Amazon and did not know anything about Amazon? Um, come to groups like yours. Learn as much right. as you possibly can um, before just reactive, you know, being reactive to it, take your time and be proactive. But once you've kind of made a decision to jump into PL, I mean, jump in. There, there's a lot of people that I that I meet that are continuing to come to the group, but just still haven't, you know, moved forward with it. And I would just say move forward with it as soon as you can to get started because you're not going to, don't don't wait on this. The more, the more you wait, things are going to change. And then your initial idea may change and, and you know, so, or someone else may take it. So just start as soon as you can would be my advice. What, what about a lot of people that are starting Amazon private label? They're very, it seems that you and I are not the, this person, but they, they're, they think that the biggest problem, the hardest part about PL is coming up with the idea as to what to sell. Um, you have six brands. Um, you're cranking out new product ideas all the time what what's your process like for that like where are you finding your ideas how do you approach that well i let me take a step back too because i think that people need to understand or new sellers need to understand that there's two types of products right there's a type of product that is a new invention this is something new i've always thought about doing this well then you belong on shark tank you know because that means you're going to have to educate people on what your product is it doesn't really exist so you're going to come up with a new I don't know, left-handed broomstick or something. And no one's searching for that on Amazon. But if you want to sell it on Shark Tank, then fair enough. Now, the other side of it is there are lots and lots of items that you can turn into your own private label brand. And it doesn't have to be a product specifically. It could be the stuff that makes the products. So if like, I don't know, for example, um, I don't know, bells or wooden balls that would go into the arts and craft world. You don't create the craft, but you, you're creating the stuff that goes into those products. So think about it in those two those two aspects. So I see a lot of new private label sellers thinking that they have to come up with this new eureka, you know, idea and invent something new. You're not an inventor. You're an e-commerce seller developing a private label um, product. And where do you go for this inspiration? Do you like just cruise around on Amazon, Alibaba, trade shows? Like what really gets the creative juices flowing? I think I think all of the above. I think looking on Amazon, using you know tools to see where where sales are, looking at competitors, and just seeing where that takes you. I mean, recently I was on a cruise, so I started looking at products that people take on a cruise, and so I found some stuff that I could you know basically private label in that in that space. That was fun. Trade tra uh, trade shows are just. I mean, that's just a a melting pot of like. I mean, if you can't go to a trade show and come out with five or six ideas then maybe you need, you know, to, to like refocus in terms of what you're actually looking for. So I find them to be the best place to go. And then learning how to talk to people in the trade shows too is, is important as well to, to, to try to establish some kind of dynamic and make yourself a little bit different than everybody else that's coming through with a backpack and saying, Hey, can I sell your stuff? I love that. What, what, um, so you, the online seller cruise just passed, you went on it. Uh, right beforehand, you discovered a product that's related to, you know, people that travel on cruises. You, it caught your eye. Um, let's just say, I'm going to say in this case, it caught your eye because without saying what it is, we thought it was fun. 
like it, 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 it seems fun. Like that's what initially caught our eye. Is that, is that fair? Yep, absolutely. Okay. So they caught your eye. What was the, it, I'm trying to like have listeners go through your thought process because it's, 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 it's pretty wild on how you decide because most people see this thing. Oh my God, this is super cool. Let me just share it with a friend. You, I, I just saw some gorgeous freaking graphics and artwork already ran through pick foo and i mean this is this has happened like knowing you this 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 might be an fba next month so and the, and we just got off the cruise three weeks ago so what you looked at sales that's an obvious one you wanted to see if this thing's even freaking selling on amazon what additional things went through your mind for you to say yeah i'm going to bring this i'm going to bring this uh i'm going to tap into the piggy bank and i'm going to bring this online so the, the, the first thing I saw, of course, were sales. And then I looked at competitors and I saw there were two people selling this. That's it. And then I thought, how could I be better than these people and what they're offering? And they're offering like, a, you know, type of a travel kit. And I said, what else can I, you know, add to this travel kit? Um, so then I reached out to my source in China, whose boots on the ground there. And I said, if I was to make this same kit, what would it cost and when I found out that the cost was, you know, pennies on the dollar and the, the margin here was absolutely huge, I immediately said, well, what else can I add to this to make it better, to make it newer? And so as we came up with different ideas, whether it was luggage tags or lanyards, you know, or extra, you know, travel, you know, accessories along with it. I mean, we're just going to blow the competitor out of the water when people see my, what's that book, the um, Incredible Offers, um, what's it called, the Million Dollar? Oh, yeah. That Alex Armosi, uh, ten yeah. million. I think it's ten million dollar offer or something. Yeah, ten million to, dollar to, offer to make it the offer like so ridiculously better compared to your competitors is what I was looking for. So once I found the numbers and the numbers made a lot of sense, um, checked out all the MOQs and how fast we could turn this around. That was a matter of creating packaging. So I reached out to my designer to create the packaging. So we started creating the different labels that go on these things, um, and. Then once we figure that out, we put it through PicFu. Um, I'm a big believer in PicFu. Man, have I learned what I think? Oh, sure. you know, I mean, I think something is going to be the winner and it's not. And then you read the comments and it tells you why what you were going to pick is not the winner. And the one that you, when, the one that they picked, why it is the winner. So whether it's a color or a placement of a, you know, an infographic or a label or a layout or, you know, all those things make a lot of sense. So you can even fool around with, you know, um, fonts, font sizes, colors. So once I had that and people, you know, and it's not just, hey, 50% voted for this or 48% voted for this and 52 for that. These are pretty heavy leaning numbers. So I'm looking for something like 80% one way and 20% the other way. And then I kind of know I have my hands on a, on a winner. Um, so right now we're just in the process of having you know my resources in in China make the products and then ship them so we're we're pretty much there yeah you you, you I'm I'm, gl I'm really glad you explained it that way and I was hoping you would I just didn't want to put words in your mouth but the not discrediting anyone that starts their entire process just off you know these it feels almost like day trading like these you know inefficiencies in the market on keyword research on Amazon um like in none of that, did you mention, again, love these tools, you know, data dive, you know, at no point did you mention, like, I started here, I had no idea what to do. I found my idea this way based on this filter. Instead, you, you saw something, you applied, you know, your brain to it. And, and that's exactly how I approach things. You saw it, you saw the competition, 
stunk. You saw how this could look great. Uh, I know you and I chatted about how, how cool this would look even on my TikTok ad, um, how this would really blow up. Uh, you did the rest of the research you said, you tested it on PicFu and and now it's gonna come to market. When do you when do you foresee it hitting Amazon? Um, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna air freight probably 300 of these over so that they can hit Amazon. I would expect that to be here within, by the end of the month. And then yeah. the other stuff will be air freighted over. So within, you know, by the end of March, just in time for spring break and summer travel and so forth. Yeah, th this idea too was like not, months before the cruise like this was a week right yeah this, this is like a a couple days before the cruise right we we saw this and i looked, showed it to you and we were giggling and laughing about it and yeah let's do it yeah so this was like last few days of january first few days of february and in 60 days you're gonna have this product in fba that's that's freaking amazing i love pick as well what um so oh, what do Another thing that's that, that's pretty cool about, about what I'm doing with these private labels now is using some of these other software tools. I know everybody's into chat GPT, but also MidJourney. MidJourney was able to create logos for me, which were really cool. So now you can do your private label brands a lot sooner, I think, because you can get some pretty cool logos designed for your product. What, what, um, not what brand, what, uh, what category? I'll know, the, I'll know which brand when you say the category, but like what category? has a brand logo that you used on Midjourney. So and I didn't know you actually did it. So this one, so this, this brand. Really? But yeah, this one. Um, I also have a bonsai brand that was, that was done there. Um, and I have a, a couple of domains um, that are in like the water space that, you know, those, those domain, those logos came from there. Um, and you can have a lot of fun on Midjourney, right? We, I mean, that's just been a blast. One of the things to, to note on Midjourney is when you put your company name in there, Midjourney doesn't really understand how to how to pronounce how to put spell them correctly. So you do have to go on to like a Fiverr, find somebody to clean up the the garble that is misspelled, you know, your your brand name, and just have them put your brand name on there. And I think that's like you know a ten dollar Fiverr gig, you know, for someone to flip that around and put it into you know a vector file or a JPEG. Love it. What um you mentioned if somebody doesn't go to a trade show and get and walk away with like a few different you know, ideas or brands that they can work with uh, that it's not like you were trying to say, maybe they need to rethink things that they're doing or how they're approaching this thing. S speaking of which, conferences and trade shows. So let's say we're talking about Amazon now a lot. So Amazon conferences or trade shows, somebody who wants to get into private label, which one would better serve them? Well, I've, I've been to both, right? So I think I've been to almost every Amazon trade show there is because when you first get started, that thirst for knowledge as to, you know, who's got, who's got the magic pill, who's got the secret sauce, who's going to give me all the information. And after a while, you're, you find that these Amazon conferences, a lot of the same speakers are there, a lot of the same stuff, or a lot of the stuff you can basically learn from, from coming to the, to the groups like you offer, Carlos. So to me, I don't, I mean, the advantage of going to the, to the trade shows is probably to see the exhibitors, like to see the exhibitors booths. I don't, I don't necessarily find a lot of people at these trade shows really move the needle. Now, maybe something like traffic and conversions will move the, the needle or content world or content marketing world. Those will be, you know, different that, that maybe just a little bit outside of that Amazon, you know, conference, so to speak. But if I were, if I were starting out, I'd, I'd be doing, I'd be, Coming to the meetups, looking at your videos, looking at the various podcasts, 
that's that's really all you need. Save your money that you would pay to go to these, you know, $900, $1,000, $1,500 conferences. Start going to trade shows. You have a favorite trade show? PLMA has top, been fun. top three. Top three. Um, PLMA. Um, I just went to the fancy food um, ex, um, expo in Las Vegas. That was that was really fun. Um, and of course, you know, the Canton Fair, right? But I also have one, uh, some of these lesser known ones, like the Tropical Plant Expo in Tampa, you know, to some, and I didn't see any Amazon sellers there. So trying to go to these trade shows where there's no Amazon sellers. So, I mean, huge. There's, there, there's a company um, called PDS. They're, they're a printing company and they go to every single trade show and they find opportunities there. So whether, and they're selling printers. So they're selling printers to, I don't know, the bridal show. Um, you know, another show that was actually mind blowing was the licensing show. I mean, oh, how yeah. far is that to see everything you could possibly bundle with your PL to license with? Um, so anything and everything is out there. So I, I really, there's a, there's a grocery trade show. There was a, there was a massive cement trade show. I can't even imagine what products would be in the cement world, but I'm sure there are. I don't know. China. What do you think about China? Um, strap on your seatbelt. I've, I've traveled around the world for most of my life. My dad was in the CIA, so we lived overseas for 16 years. So I lived in various countries. Traveling to China was probably some of the most difficult travel that there is. Not just because of the longevity of the travel, but because everything is in Chinese. So you may ask somebody for directions on your iPhone, but that iPhone is in English. So they're looking at your iPhone like it's in Chinese and you're looking at their iPhone and it's in Chinese and you can, you don't know, you know, what's up or what's down. And the Canton fair is probably the, what little Chinaman thought of this place. Unbelievable. It's the first thing I thought to myself when I stood out front and was like, Oh my God, this is huge. And what, and what about if you're looking at products now and you're getting expired, inspired, deciding whether to add it to one of your brands or in your case is brand number seven, which what next week, the, <laughs> what, uh, the product being required to be made in China, um, how big of an impact does that play with you? So I think during the pandemic, I think all of us sellers experienced, number one, the increase in all the, the shipping costs. So a container was 3,800 bucks and then it went to 20, $25,000. And so we all were just taking a big swallow and saying, how are we gonna make this work? So we started looking to reshore, you know, to find products here in the US. I know we've looked into like Mexico. I don't think Mexico is ready yet, but then you start looking at other products here in the U.S. And I think there's a lot of opportunity here to find manufacturers in the U.S. Um, but of course, China makes things as cheap as anyone um, or cheaper than anyone. So I like the opportunities of looking for people to make products here in the U.S. Um, not saying I'm going to discount China completely because I think you still have to look and see what's there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that I found I found surprisingly a lot more U.S. manufacturers than you think. Yeah, I I, I can honestly say, you know, fifteen years full time selling, I've not met anyone who's had as much success as you in actually tracking down. I, I call it dog with a bone. I was like, I was like, you get on Tom's radar, and Tom really wants to get this. Like, it's gonna happen. He's like a dog with a bone. He's not gonna like let up on this. But you you found we went to that one in Boston, which we did a a show on previously. 
Um, you found several different ones for the different categories that you're in. You hunted them down at the Tampa plant. I expo, you're still working with that person? Yeah, absolutely. So we, yeah. Found a, we found a fertilizer um, manufacturer that will private label and bottle, um, not only bottle, but store our stuff as well. So that as we make you know the product, he'll store it. So I don't have to worry about shipping it to me and, and storing it. So there's a lot of um, ability to make relationships where you can you know, carve out these special provisions in your, you know, kind of deals that you make with them. So, hey, you know, make me, you know, 5,000 fertilizer bottles, but I want you to store them and send them into Amazon. Um, and they're, they're, you know, they have a big warehouse. They're like, okay, sure, let's, let's do this. What do, what do you think is the biggest opportunity for an Amazon PL seller right now? Yeah, we, you and I have spoken about this before, but I think it's in the consumable space and in the grocery space. Um, Why? Um, I think that if you do the PL hybrid model, so a private label with, um, you know, a consumable that's out there. So I don't know, think about any consumable. I'll bring up coffee for an example. Um, okay. I don't know if you got a, a deal with uh, curing to sell their K-cups, you know, what could you marry that with? Um, sugar sticks, stevia sticks. Uh, coffee stirrers, coffee creamers that you would actually private label and put that with. I think you're going to get a whole lot of search for that name brand product. You're going to insulate yourself by private labeling your add-on extra so that no one else can jump and hijack your listing. And what I've seen, and I think you and I have seen this, that other people wholesaling, I don't know, let's, let's pick on Folgers Coffee. Everybody's selling Folgers Coffee. There's 23 sellers and they're all racing to the bottom and not one of them is advertising. Right. As a matter of fact, when you type in Folgers, other coffee brands come up because they're advertising on the name Folgers, right? So right. if you can bundle it with something else in that PL space, you can not only charge more, no one else is going to jump on your listing. There's no race to the bottom. And then you're off to the races, I think. So that's an amazing place to be, I think. Um, yeah. And I also think that the international foods are spaces um, to, to be in. Um, can, can you share that example of somebody we, we met or you met actually, I didn't, I didn't get to meet her. Um, oh, the quail eggs, the quail yes. eggs. Yeah. We are PLMA and um, a lady comes up and we started talking at a table and she tells me that, you know, she sells a lot of different Asian products from Vietnam. And I said, well, like one, and she said quail eggs. And I thought, man, there's quail eggs. I mean, they're going to go bad. Right. And she goes, oh, no, no, they're in a can and they they take about, they won't go bad for 18 months. And sure enough, you look on Amazon and there is a market for quail eggs in a can. Now, is it, you know, tip of the spear, you know, the bestseller, you know, Asian product? No, but there's, there's sales for it there. So I guess the analogy I would give to new sellers is I think that back in the heyday of Amazon, Amazon was an empty pool. And then they started, they, they were only selling books. So imagine the books were the boulders that they put into a pool. You know, is the pool full? Is it completely full yet? No, I, I think you can add some sand into the pool. And that's where all these private label sellers started coming in. But is it is it full now? And the answer is no. Now you can add water into the pool. So now you got your rocks, the sand, and the water. I think we're in that water stage. So I think the water stage is probably some of these, you know, eclectic ethnic foods, whether it's you know, Middle Eastern or the pockets in the U.S. that sell Asian products or shoot, even 
you know, Cuban Latin food would be there. Look, there's a market for Chick-fil-A sauce, right? Or what was that Whataburger sauce people were selling? So. I was messing with Noemi. I didn't know what foods are, are typical to Romania, but I was like, Romanian foods, you need to get into Romanian foods. Um, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Speaking of Cuban foods, I, I kept thinking of that and I'm like, oh, take, take my own advice. Like what, what products could you get that are like very typical uh, to Cuba? Well, well, not going to Cuba because that's not doable. And I, a long, long, in another life, I, I worked as a warehouse manager of, you know, Hilda, G-I-L-D-A, Hilda crackers, Cuban crackers. There's no representation of them on Amazon. It's just whoever happened to find them as like an arbitrage model flips them. And there's a freaking warehouse locally yeah. um, in Hialeah, I think. So yeah, even even right under our noses, there's still a, a ton of opportunity. I would I would get into the PL wholesale side of things. I think you can cash flow a lot quicker. And who knows, maybe your PL will turn into its own brand and its own. So, I mean, I've seen people that use sprinkles as like their add-on in the wholesale model, but then you look at their store and they now have a sprinkle store and they still they sell sprinkles by the you know, two and a half pound jug or the, you know, one pound pouch. So those little add-ons you may not think could really turn into much, but they can. Heck yeah. Talking about PL wholesale hybrid again, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that, the more we talk about that model in the group, the more I just want to tell people like right now, especially because you know my thing, like I, oh, you know what? Let me ask you, let me put you on the spot here. Like what, what's the minimum amount of money you think somebody should have to start a private label brand? Not PL wholesale hybrid, like the typical PL brand. At least 50 grand. And then don't, and don't expect to see any return on that for a couple of years. And you're probably going to dig into your pocket for more. Because you're going, to, you're going to invent your product and then you're going to need to reorder. And then you're going to think about the other ancillary products that go with your PL brand. And then, you know, you're just going to keep on growing that way. And what, with the idea being when you exit, that's when you get your big payday, which means if all the dominoes fell correctly at the end of this, you get a nice payday. PL wholesale hybrid though, I think we're in agreement that it's significantly less. So could you could weigh in on that? Like, what do you think somebody could start with? They go to PLMA, like we just did, and they make some connections. Maybe they're not as creative as you and I, but they, they've heard us answer back and forth or you know, you're super generous with it. They went to Bonefish. They heard you throwing some ideas around. What, what, what could somebody realistically look like for starting there? So we would we'd create a, a trademark. So go through IP Accelerator. And you know I use Mike Chessel, who's here in Miami. He's one of the approved vendors. So let's say that's 850 bucks. Now you got your trademark. And now you kind of like, okay, that's a big hurdle, by the way, is getting that trademark you know, cleared or cleared or having a, a lawyer vet that. Once you have that, I don't know, mid-journey, create a logo. Now, now I got my logo. Who knows? Maybe you can go on GoDaddy and get lucky and find your domain now too. So you got your domain, you got your, um, uh, you know, logo, and you don't even really need your domain to sell wholesale um, private label. I would invest in some type of QR code on your phone that sends you to a website that as you're walking up and experimenting and talking to people that are, you know, brand owners of their product, you can say, hey, listen, scan my, this is what I do, scan my QR code and it sends you right to you know, the, the website that you've created or a landing page that you've created. So what is that? A couple hundred bucks, maybe three, 400 bucks to set up a landing page. But essentially it's making you more polished when you pull up to, 
Hey, Carlos, how are you? Oh my gosh, look at your stuff. Where do you sell? This is fantastic. Hey, um, what does it take to sell your products? And then well, let me get your information. And then you give them a QR code. I think it comes up across a lot more polished than here's my phone number or here's my business card or and they're going to throw that thing away. Um, Hotmail, hotmail.com. <laughs> AOL.com. Um, so I think I think once you have that kind of infrastructure set up, then you can just go after you know whatever product you want, and then it's going to depend on your first order. Is your first order going to be five thousand, or it's going to be ten thousand? Um, I think that's reasonable, and that's going to come with typically a thirty day net. So once you order the product, you have thirty days to pay for it. You pay for it on a credit card. You're going to get another thirty days to kind of stretch that out. What is that plum card? I think has sixty days or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you could theoretically stretch this purchase out and not have to 90 days, 90 days, not have to pay it back. Hopefully by then you've, you've mastered, you know, at least, um, well, let's, let's take a step back too. Now you've got to create your listing. Um, you're going to create your, uh, storefront images, infographics. And this is where I think people mess up is they don't put enough into PPC. The whole point of doing this was to be able to get search and to be able to pay for those those words and get that low hanging fruit and start launching and, and ramping up those sales. So maybe the first go round, you know, a five grand in product, maybe you get your five grand back and you don't really make any money. But the second round, there we go. You know, now you know what keywords you, you're going after and you can start to ramp up sales. Yeah. And like you said, a lot of these big brands, uh, they're not the one at the helm, if you will, for this. So they're not running PPC and the other people selling, they're just, they're just in it to make a quick buck flipping a product. So you're going to get really nice exposure, uh, really affordable ad placements on some of these really big brand names and get sales out the gate. So that, that's definitely a huge plus. Yeah. There's a there's an example I like to share, and that's um, ramen noodles. Ramen noodles are, are sold on Amazon for a 24-pack that is $7.99, I think. And there is someone who's decided to do a variety of the 24-pack, and he adds on his own private label of Chopsticks. Chopsticks. His chopsticks. He sells it for $25.55 or something like that. And so, I so, okay. <laughs> so th this is but this is this is this is creativity. So I think most sellers will not even think to do a creative bundle. So, so you've eliminated all, all the lazy people right there. And that is getting the different ramens and putting them in this variety pack, right? Right. And but if you did that alone. Other people could see you doing really good and they could put this variety pack together and they could sell on your listing. But now this person takes it the next step. And this is where you get into PL wholesale hybrids and they've had a chopsticks. I mean, what, what are you going to get the chopsticks for? And AliExpress, like, you know, overnight, what a bazillion of these things for not pennies, nothing. I mean, that's definitely an air. That's a, that's an air freight, you know, maybe a hundred bucks. That's two boxes. And you have a gazillion of them that you can now incorporate into this. Hell yeah. I love that. I think that's, I, th I think that's genius. And you're using these brand names, these ramen that already has a lot of search. And from day one, you're, first of all, you're going to have better. A lot of the times these, these images, like I'm imagining, I haven't looked at the ramen one, but ramen probably has crappy images, like yeah. the brand itself, right? Because they didn't, they didn't invest anything. So you're going to invest in like lifestyle images. This is going to look like gourmet ramen. Right. No, it's going to look great. Yeah. It's going to look amazing. I mean, think about this. This guy is selling the same noodles for three times the amount. So he's got he's got a lot of margin to work with. He's got a lot of ad spend or ad budget to work with. 
So, you know, he, he's not going to do as much in sales as the regular ramen at $7.99, but he's still going to do, I think it was like $26,000 a month in sales just on ramen noodles. I mean, I don't know, that's that's quarter million dollars a year in ramen noodle sales. I'll go find another product. I'll, I'll take it. And, and then there's ramen noodles by the cup, you know, there's all the different types of, I don't know. And, and once you have a whole bunch of sales and your brand's known and everything, you can just come out with your own ramen. I don't know, like a keto ramen or something like super niche. And you're, you're so much further ahead than if you had just waited for the perfect time to launch this un, unknown to everybody keto ramen. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, Tom, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, this will be the first of many uh, episodes having you on the show. Uh, I just, this was, this should have happened uh two years ago uh for, for a million reasons it hadn't happened but now that i know i have the green light to harass you uh at least a few times a week i'm definitely going to have you on the uh, on the show uh, a lot more often be before letting you go you before letting you go what people from the group listen to this other people who've not met you listen to this uh what's a way whether it's social, Telegram, or, or any other way that people can get a hold of you and ask any questions of you, um, things you mentioned on the show. The Telegram chat, um, WhatsApp, you know, email, tmaze4444 at yahoo.com. Um, Hug of death right there. What's that? Hug of death right there. You just did it. <laughs> oh God. You're going to hate it. That's uh, fine. Happy to help. You know, I mean, this is the pay it forward thing. Uh, just one little, one little side comment to like all your listeners out there is like my wife, when I first started coming to your meetups, I would come back after every meetup and I go, oh my gosh, we have to do this. This we're going to do this the next week. The same thing. You got to do this. Oh my God, I got to do this. I got, this is what I learned. Eventually she's like, I, I would come back home. She's like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear your next idea. <laughs> every time I come to your meetups, it's like, yeah, I come back with another idea. You're going to do a what? You're going to do a YouTube channel now? You're going to do well, you got to be kidding me. What else is next? You know, so. Well, thanks. the YouTube channel is going to happen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll make sure to go back. It's probably going to be a month or so uh, after this when the YouTube channel actually, you know, aired and you got enough in the chamber to release. But I, I promise anyone listening to this, depending when you're listening, I'll go back and I'll link to your YouTube channel. Um in here so people can find it which would be really cool well we'll just have another episode too because you're going to have some pretty awesome content that could help sellers uh, as well so we'll do another episode to kind of like time it with the release of your show uh curious to know this next question uh because you're i'm I'm gonna hold you to it to where you can only pick one Uh, favorite book favorite favorite book and why i'm gonna say this though to anybody listening one of the books i've mentioned a long time ago that i really like if you you really want to get a deep dive on tom read the go-giver, right? Uh, that That's like a blueprint of Tom. But Tom, what is your your favorite book and why? Probably The 5 a.m. Club by uh, Robin Sharma. Favorite? All time? 5 a.m.? Yeah, I mean, okay. it's, it's either that or Naval Ravikant's The Almanac of Naval Ravikant, but I would go with The 5 a.m. Club because it just... Why? I think that if you're going to, if you're going to do what, what I, what I'm doing, if you're going to launch multiple brands, you, you need some time to the genesis of the book is you get up at 5 a.m. and from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., that's your time. Your time to do the things that you need to do. So whether that's, you know, exercise or meditate or prayer or just alone time. What is that guy from The Billionaire? Like the, the show Billionaire, he just sits in a chair in his room and just kind of meditates a little bit to see what his day is going to be like. 
So I kind of like that whole mentality of it. And the book is told like a fable. So it's not a structured, you know, step one, step two, it's told as a fable. So I, I really like the read. It's an easy read, but I think the message is really good to spend some time on your own um, before you get on that hamster wheel for the day. Amazing. Sounds good, Tom. Thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to having you back on the show. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom.